Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here come the two of them. Peter Reid and Kevin Ball, skipper and manager. Arm in arm. Arms aloft, take the salute. Peter Reid, the man who worked the miracle, and Kevin Ball, the captain in every sense. Peter Reid gets his medal. Might as well be in the Victoria Cross as far as what they think of him on Wearside. And there's the trophy. Kevin Ball gets it for Michael Cock, managing director of Ensley. And the moment they've all been waiting for. We're hoping that uh, Peter Reid can join us. Um, Peter's a bit of a, an enigma on Twitter, though, so I don't, I don't even know if he's awake. Uh, like I said earlier, when he messaged me to say he would come on at 11am, it was 2.35 in the morning. So, <laughs> I, and he was he was at a do in, uh, in Newcastle last night. So I don't think we would um, we would begrudge him a lie in if that's what he's went for. Uh, but really, hopefully, we'll be on over the coming minutes. If so, um, we'll bring him straight into the chat. We're just waiting for James Hunter to join. I've just spoken to James. He's ready to go. Morning, ever... chaps. How are we doing? Hiya, James. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Uh, all right, considering we've been awake for quite a while. Yeah, doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> a bit bleary-eyed, probably a bit like me, because I stayed up till three o'clock watching the test. Which was great. Uh, yeah, uh, and I did as well. It was crap. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How's it Morning, going, Pete. How are you doing? How are you, chaps? Yeah, great to join you for the special uh, effort that you're making with the soup kitchen. Fantastic. As as we stand, we haven't done a we haven't done a totalizer update for a while. Mm. We're on forty thousand eight hundred and ninety five pounds raised by Sunderland fans and our friends. So we're doing wow, brilliant. Well, great, well, listen, we need to get that up to 60 grand because that's what uh, Everton paid Bolton Wonders and that's as much as I went for as a player. So if we can get to that 60 grand, it'll be great. <laughs> well, if, you, if, you, if you've got any uh, any friends who, who might be feeling charitable this Christmas, really, then please send them our way. I will get, <laughs> I'll get on to it. I will, and how's things, uh, James? You OK? I'm good, thanks, Pete. How are you, mate? Yeah, I was up in uh, Newcastle last night, and I, I, I was telling a lie before. I didn't list, I didn't see the test because it went down, but I listened uh, on the radio. Devastated, nearly crashed the car three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was pretty much a car crash out there, to be honest, Pete. Yeah, so yeah, worry about yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we could get it back. But more importantly, uh, yes, doing a, gr- a great effort, sterling effort. And it just shows you what uh, football fans are like, and in particular the uh, 
Sunderland ones, but it, it's it's more than Sunderland fans, isn't it? It's fans from all over the country, and especially the northeast, which I'm up there a lot. They're uh, special people, special fans. What was your uh, what was your, your your do for last night, Pete? I think it was grassroots football, uh, huh? and it, it was in Dunstan, uh, Gaza's area. So I got a bit of stick, I got a bit of monkey's heat, which is uh, <laughs> you know not a problem. It was quite it was quite amusing, really. But there was a uh, there was a few red and whites there um, who who were different class. Now nah, it was it was a really good uh, it was a really good night to be fair. Um, yeah, Rich, do you want to do you want to jump in, mate? Yeah, um, thanks thanks for jumping on both of you. Um, really, we've just been talking to Alex Ray. Um, I don't know how much of that you heard, if anything, but he was waxing lyrical about you know the impact that um, you and Sacco had on on that team, uh, yeah. especially the team that you know he came into in the in the Premier League, and then um, and then obviously getting. You know, getting back up there at the second mm. attempt, um, and and it was just really your general kind of thoughts on that because for us as fans, that's like, um, especially me and and, and Ian and, yeah. and Gav, fans over thirty, should we say, that's like the heyday, as um, I think John Ficklin called it on one of our pods, pods mm. like Halcyon days. So, like, what what are your like? The, the things that stick out for you, what are your main kind of like when you think of that time, what are the highlights? Um, well, first of all, I think um, Martin Smith's goal against Swindon got me the job permanently, I think. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you, you've always got to start somewhere. But then um, the players, when we first went up, I mean, I, I think I, I added. Paul Bracewell and I think uh, I, tra- I got Dave Kelly and who got injured but that was a remarkable achievement and even more remarkable was the season after when I brought uh, Tony Colton in and um, now Quinn and both of them got injured early on and we went down with 40 points and I played a lot of young lads in there and they give me everything and, uh, and to go down with 40 points back then was sort of unheard of yeah, and then uh, bouncing back, obviously with the the advent of the building of the uh, stadium of lights, uh, it was always it, it was always you know uh, progress. Sad to leave Roker Park. Cause I, I remember playing there as a kid, fifty thousand people. One Easter when Sunderland got promotion, I think Tony Tell scored and Pop Robson. But um, you know, going into the stadium light was exciting, and and we built a really good team. A fantastic team. Funny enough, we, I think we're getting together in May. I think uh, they're organising something for uh, John Cook, the kit man at my time, who's left the club, but they're organising testimony. I think Alex Ray's coming down and uh, Kevin Phillips, all the lads. So that'll be good to get back. And I'm, I'm sure we'll reminisce because uh, every time... I seen Mickey Bridges yesterday. I, I was at South Shields. And uh, what a smashing club that they've made that. I've seen Mickey Bridges, who's obviously living in um, Australia. It was fantastic seeing him. It's was, it's was, always it never left like so. I'm looking forward to that. But special times for me um, because the crowd was great. Hey, we we had some downs. Don't get me wrong, but you've got to have a, a downs to enjoy the ups. And it was absolutely magnificent time. Yeah, it was a great. It was, it was it was a great time, Peter. When I mean, when when I came up to the northeast, which was nineteen ninety nine, 
Um, mm. You were in charge of Sunderland then. Um, I'd just been covering Bradford City before then, who got promoted yeah. with you in, in 99. Um, yeah. and, and I'd you know been working with Paul Jewell and he said, you know, go, you know, you'll you love it in the North East, you'll love work, working with Reedy. Yeah. Um, and you, you made me fantastically welcome up here. Um, but I guess when I look back now and I look back to my first two seasons covering Sunderland, uh, you know, 99, 2000, and 2000, 2001, the two seventh place finishes, yeah. I didn't appreciate them enough. I thought this is, this is what it's going to be like forever. You know, this, this is sort of the standard. Um, and sadly, that, you know, that's turned out yeah. thus far to be the high point. You know, I, I should have appreciated that more, I think. Uh, if, I, if, if I've got regrets, it, well, not regrets, but, you know, when you finish seventh and seventh, if you look at if you look at any league, the, the the top four or the top six, you know you've got to get international quality players in. Then and and I I couldn't do it. I mean, I, listen, when I was when I was at Sunderland, it was great. But sometimes you have a look at Kevin Keegan and he was buying Ginola and he was buying him. And I'm not knocking the lads either because they did great for me. But Brian Robson down the road, you know, I used I used to live in Yarm and I used to see like the likes of Emerson and Ravinelli and in the restaurants down there. And I was thinking, bloody hell, they're not bad players. You know, <laughs> so that's the only thing. I wish I could have, you know, had enough finance to go to go after the big boys, if you like. Because, you know, the games against Manchester United and Chelsea's and the Liverpool's at the time were absolutely fantastic. But, you know, when you're playing against some of these sides and you look at the team sheet before you go, it, you know, you, you thought, well, we've got it on today. But all in all, I thought our players at the time, my players at the time, did an absolutely fantastic job. And it was exciting times for the North East with uh, the Buddha doing well and Newcastle United, you know, getting all the quality players in. And Derby games were great. And it was just, it was, I really, well, I loved it, I've got to say. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you did get some top quality players in that first summer when you look at Stefan Schwartz that came in. I did, I was, uh, hey, spot on. And, and, Tom, and then, Thomas Helmer as well. Everybody thought would be, yeah. you know, that kind of top quality player. Okay, it didn't work out with him, yeah. but you know, they, they were two fantastic names to have brought to Sunderland. You know, yeah. just, the, just only, the only thing was that he done as Achilles, didn't he, Stefan? Yeah, in the Swedish game. But he was, he was one of them. He was really underrated. When it when I lost Alan Johnson, I was having a panic up about you know where he could get it. But he just played that narrow left role absolutely brilliant for me. I like it. And and then we had to adapt because when we were bombing, we had Alan Johnson and some of people for reasons. I mean, Alan Johnson wanted to leave and uh, uh, buzzer uh, went. So I had to adapt. I got I got Uch narrow right one side. He got me t- uh, twelve. 10 or 12 goals in a season. So, all in all, there were some really good players who were at the football club. And obviously, we heard from uh, Julio Arca. Um, ah, brilliant player. Well. So, um, I wanted to give uh, our other uh, colleagues from Rote Report a chance to ask a question. So, I'm going to um, first come to, to, to Bomber, because he chipped in first in our chat, and uh, and then and then give the other lads a chance to, 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 to have their question to Peter Reid. I really, uh, it's not so much a question, mate. But I just wanted to just wanted to let you know something. So I, I'm uh, I'm born and bred in Gloucestershire. Got no ties to the northeast, no ties to Sunderland whatsoever. But um, between you and Super Kev in that ninety eight ninety nine season, that hundred and five point season, that's that that was the season that made me a Sunderland fan. 
And uh, I've got, like I said, I've got no ties to the northeast whatsoever. I wasn't brought up a, a Sunderland fan or family from up there. But just the way that you got that team playing and the, how, how good we were in that one season, you know, between between Quinny and, and, and Kev uh, and the way you had them set up, um, that, that basically you're the reason I'm a Sunderland fan, mate, between you and Super Kev. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a question. I just wanted well, to, to be a little bit. To, yeah, to be fair to you, you know, um, after the playoff defeat on Pens, yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the players deserve an all, awful lot of credit, you know. I mean, mm. I, I managed in the setup, but I was devastated, you know. I yeah. had to go away for the... I went in the Lake District and got legless for about four days. <laughs> I, couldn't, honestly, I couldn't handle it. I'd gone. <laughs> but but you know what? I, I, I think they had a meeting between themselves and not mistaken. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that pre-season when I got out there and I was... Them players were absolutely brilliant. I've got to say, all credit to them. You know, they're the ones who stood up and, you know, the, the harsh disappointments of losing 7-6 on pens yeah. with that useless Mickey Gray's penalty. You can't <laughs> catch your breath. <laughs> but, I, I, I remember but, hearing something. Um, uh, it was an, uh, an interview with Quinny who said, said exactly the same thing. He said after that uh, that penalty defeat, they, they kind of had a, a players' meeting and, and kind of all just agreed that they'd never feel that again and, and that they were going to put it right this season. And, and you know, bloody hell, did you do that? Yeah, that, that, hey, listen. They were absolutely magnificent. They were a joy to to train, to manage, to coach, and uh, it, it, you know all credit to them. I've got to say that. And do you have a, a question you want to come in with? Yeah. Um, ap- apologies if your voice goes a little bit, Peter. I'm slightly emotional here. So, uh, <laughs> um, literally, as you just said there, mate. Obviously, you want about look at the, the, the Newcastle at the time. They had the Janolas, and you look at the Man Uniteds, the Chelseas. You know what, mate? We were competing with them, that and and you know, and it, without the without the rat without the riches or anything like that, you know, yeah, we spent money here and there and stuff like that. But a credit to you and a credit to the side as well as how we managed to finish seventh and seventh in a row in that yeah. day and age, mate. Just absolutely mental. But I mean, yeah. how good was that group with you then? You know what I mean? Well, I've 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 done a, a work with Roy Keane on on the TV and and Sir Alex Ferguson's the pal of mine. And and you know when you talk about times, them two said, and th- these two pff, can't get be- bigger names in football. Said every time we played your Sunderland side, we knew we had a game on. Now that to me says it all. I thought, wow, that's different class that. And and I think that 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 reiterates what you said. You know, and and to come to come from two such ex- 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 esteemed people in football, fantastic. Yes, Gav, yeah, I'm, I just want to ask you something because people who have been listening to this probably think I'm a bit obsessed with Bobby Saxon, but I am. <laughs> um, I, I just want to ask you, sort of, how much does he mean to you? Because he means so much to the fans. He means so much to all of the players who played as part of that team. Um, but he was your right-hand man. What, mm. what does he mean to you, even now? He, 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 he was... Um, I worked with him when I was at Man City, but he was on the, the scouting side of it, and he, he recommended some really good players. Um, he recommended um, Andy Cole when he went, when he was at Bristol City, and I, I couldn't get him. So his, his quality, but um, socially, you know, and in and, and football discussions, we didn't always agree, but I, I loved somebody like that who was strong and give the point of view, and I always liked people like that. And we had many discussions. I mean, I can remember, I can remember him, you know, 
giving me pearls of wisdom about tactics. And then I can remember me and him arguing. He'd be saying, Kev Phillips is doing nothing. I think it was Everton. I remember the game, Kev. Oh, we've got to leave our goal scorer on. Don't. And then Phillips hit one in the top corner. He'd go, oh. He sat down. He went, Sacco, shut up. So, but <laughs> he, he's a, he was a great coach on, on, uh, in terms of uh, getting messages over in a basic manner where everybody knew. Sometimes people complicate football. You know, the modern game's great. Don't get me wrong. You know, recycling the ball, winning a tackle, isn't it? You know, and Sacco, you know, transition. It's a counter-attack. You know, between the lines is getting in space and forward passes. So nothing changes. And Sacco was spot on. Every time we had a discussion about how we're going to play, when we were on the training pitch, he implemented it as good as anyone. And besides being a brilliant football man, he's a brilliant person. Uh, I, I was up there about six weeks ago. We were in the Manos and we had a great night here. You know, and I always love uh, seeing them. And he's yeah, he's a person I love love to death. He's great, yes. great Sacco. You know, a fantastic character to have around that training ground. I can remember, you know, down at the Charlie Hurley Centre, you used to go into the porter cabin offices there, Peter. Remember? Yeah. And uh, and Sacco would be sat in the in the canteen, and you'd be talking football with him and he'd have the salt and pepper pots out and this yeah, would be moving yeah. and that would be moving and, and then and then he'd be telling you how, how you're going to have to defend the corner and he'd have you out of your seat and he'd be shoulder barging yeah. you and saying this is what you know and it was just great to have that sort of insight from from him and uh, and I, he was just a wonderful character in the, in the you know, he didn't care anything for what people thought he used to wander around that training ground I can picture him now in, in like shorts flip flops and carrying a briefcase I think yeah, it was, yeah. You know, yeah. just just a fantastic character. In fact, you know, all that backroom team at that stage were were similar, weren't they? You had Sacco and people like Mickey yeah. Holland and, uh, you know, other people. It was just a real sort of um, good atmosphere, uh, wasn't it, around, around the training ground at that time? Yeah, well, Clarkie got Mickey Holland in. He says, I've got a lad who's a, he's got all of the um, certificates. He's been everywhere. So he brought these certificates in. Oh, they were so bent, it was untrue. <laughs> you know, he, he got them off a of photocopier. It was a joke. But I liked Mickey's character, and I said, well, come in, have a go. And uh, I, I said, and by the way, you're a black and white, aren't you? And he, he, he rolled his sleeve up, and he had the badge, and I said, come in. But he was brilliant in there, absolutely brilliant. And it was a, it was great. I think he's at West Brom now, so he stayed in football. Uh, but... Yeah, the, the dressing room, I mean, and this is, again, praise for the players. The dressing room was a great dressing room. And when when you got players who, who policed their own dressing room, hey, sometimes they had to go in and, and, and sort one or two out, which you, you get that, don't you? I quite yeah. like that well as well because I quite like characters, you know, and uh, you just had Alex Ray on who, who had a couple of bad... Uh, uh, situation, but I tell you what, what a player he was, and what a man he is. You know, so yeah, you had you, one of the. I tell you, one of the biggest uh, disappointments was Steve Bowl getting injured as well. You know, that was yeah. a big one because I tell you what, what you know when you you get someone in and 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 he organises things at the back, and you think, wow, what a player. I mean, and I know he was thirty four when I got him, but you just think, wow. 
what a player you are. And he was another, he was another character in that dressing room. Even though we only had six months out of him, he, he, I was unlucky with a couple of them, like Stephen Schwartz and him, who were influential, and obviously Tony Colton at the time, and when Quinny done his ball. The other lads, you know, the, the likes of Mickey Bridges uh, who come in, what a job he did, you know, some of the players who come in, Darren Williams, Darren Holloway, some of these young lads who come in and, and did, I mean, I remember saying to, we played Chelsea and then I remember saying to him, like, Zola doesn't get a kick and and he was brilliant and then I would think I, I sent him on against Man United uh, get close to Keane and I think Keane ended up getting sent off not that I, I wanted him sent off but he did and then like beating Chelsea be, beating uh, 20 minutes four up and Eric Warren Paul Farewell was sent to midfield players and I'm the, the Friday night I was in Yarm 85 drinking glasses of wine because he was having a right panic up about the game and and the, the lads just come out and they were absolutely brilliant. So there's a lot of you know unsung heroes in that in that, in them years where I was manager of that great club. So people wanna... people don't realise as well, you know. People, uh, you know, we know a lot more about football around the world now and around Europe than than we did probably you know twenty twenty odd years ago. Um, and you brought in players like, you know, Stan Varga, who came yeah. from nowhere yeah. and had that unbelievable debut against Arsenal, had Thierry Henry in his top pocket and, uh, yeah. you know, and then he got injured, of course, and that's another one, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that that was a problem. But, you know, and then obviously Julio, that, that you've already spoken about, someone else who came, you know, that I'm guessing Sunderland fans had, had never heard of when he arrived, but had a fantastic, uh, you know, six years at, at Sunderland. Uh, you know, some of these players that you were able to bring in were, yeah. you know, just fantastic to have, have at the football club and great characters too. Yeah, I think I think in, in recruitment, I mean, hey, listen, I made mistakes in recruitment. Don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not the messiah, but you tell me a manager who doesn't. They, they, what you've got to do is make more good buys predominantly than bad buys. And I think I, think I did that. You know, I made a couple of horrific mistakes, uh, which you always do. I mean, as a player, I, I think I miss it one one pass all in my career. So even I made mistakes as a player. But <laughs> now, as a manager, you've got to get more right than you get wrong. And I, I think I did that. And, and like you say, you know, when you go through the air and some of the plays we had in there, it was it was terrific. Uh, Pete, I was just going to ask you about uh, specifically about doing things right when we sat. In 2000-2001 season, we were sat in the top four for God yeah. knows how many weeks. And I was just wondering what the atmosphere was like in the squad at that time. I, I, the lads were bombing. I mean, um, hey, listen, we got a, we got a couple of uh, things that went against us. But the atmosphere around the place, you know, and, and like I said before, I, I always thought... Anyone who comes to the stadium lights or was was playing Sunderland at that time knew they had the game on, and um, the players the players were playing with with great confidence, um, and it was it was a joy to be there and it was a joy to work with them. To be fairly honest, the atmosphere was terrific, and 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 listen, hey. I knew they used to socialise in Durham because I'm not stupid as a player. I used to socialise. But as long as they come in and work the socks off, I was going to say work something else off there, but uh, <laughs> people will listen. But work the socks off and, you know, work in training and do it on a match day. 
what can you do? You've got to you've got to let them have it. Nowadays, it's different. It's different. Uh, you know, the lads with sports science. Uh, I think the social would be uh, curtailed somewhat nowadays. But back then. As long as they went out there and did the business, you know, and, and we were never lacking in fitness. You know, we always got there. And sometimes even professional footballers need a release. And sometimes when they want to have a pint, go and have a pint. Reedy, at what point did you think it, it, it kind of started going wrong? Because as a fan, those seven place, place finishes, and, you know, we were flying at that point. I didn't see it ever ending. And I was thinking, like, you know, as a Sunderland fan, God, this is, you know, this is brilliant. I was like two or three, four years into my my uh, kind of stint as a Sunderland fan, thinking this was brilliant. It's never going to end, and and obviously that that's probably a, the the crowning achievements for yeah. certainly for for my space as a as a Sunderland fan. Did you were you aware that things were were going a bit awry? And or, do you know what it yeah, was? I think it's a cul- culmination of things. When I was always trying to look for someone, you know, Quinny was getting. I mean, Quinny did believe for us, but he was just getting a little bit. And I lost Mickey Bridges, so I wanted to keep Mickey, but obviously uh, Leeds and Tottenham were in. I, I couldn't get hold of him, you know, contracts end, and the lad wouldn't sign a, a new deal. Um, so little things like that, because I, you know when you know when I had Dickie O, Bridgie, uh, Kev Phillips. And Quinny had, had had four up there, four strikers. It was great, and I, I think that was that was the main one, the goal scores. Because when we were seventh and seventh, and then fourth from bottom, I think we only scored twenty seven goals. And like uh, Kev had an injury, so I, I think that was it. Trying to get that striker mm. in, or you know, the top quality one. How, how do you replace him now, Quinn? How do you replace a Mickey Bridges? Well, you don't, do you? You don't. It's hard work. It's hard yeah. work. And I couldn't do it at, at the end. Tory Andrew Flo. Uh, I mean, I only had three or four games with him. Um, so I think it was a cool, you know, where we were bombing and he had, I had, because don't forget Kevin Phillips, when we went up, Kevin Phillips was injured for the bit. He'd he done us. Metatarsal against Chester wasn't going to play him and he begged me to play and I was going to drag him off and he'd done it and he was out for the oh, it done me head in so but I had I had people who got who went in there and did jobs for me who were good players and once I, I, I couldn't uh, replace them I always I was always looking for that you know that that front man because mm. listen I got Sorensen in, in the nets and I always think that the two most important... Well, Bill Shankly used to say, go right through the middle, didn't he? You know, when you're building a team. So I always loved to go a great goalkeeper because when I was at Everton, Neville Southall won us more games than anything. And I always remember Cluffy saying, the goalie, you know, bought Peter Shilton. And a front man. A front man who can get you the goal or make you the goal. They're the most important things. So that's what I was always trying to get. And... Because I couldn't, because I couldn't do that. I was always thought we were under pressure then. Because when we were when we were on top in games, um, I had people who could stick it in the net. Once I lost that, it was hard. Hi, really, it's, it's Ian. Um, I've got a quick kind of quick question. It's probably two more than one. Um, is there a bit of it you really miss? Like if someone said, oh, "Come back and come back and manage this club," there'd be a bit of it you think. Yeah, I really want to do that again. <laughs> um, and what you know, what advice would you give to like Lee Johnson about 
what he should make the most of in his time kind of at the club now. Mm. Well, I, I, I never think you go back. You always go back and the 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 look after me, brilliant. So you know, I think I think my ship sailed in terms of being involved with something. Lee Johnson's an experienced coach, and and like, listen, the first division's a tough, tough league, tough league. I think um, what 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 you got to do, and he'll know, he'll know um, in games when you you don't play well try and keep clean sheets because you don't get beat and and when you're playing well invariably you win games invariably but you know when I used to love it I used to love it when we we, we dug one out me you know and we haven't been great because that tells you something that tells you hey we're hard to beat us you know we're hard to beat and that and that was I kind of how can oh I remember we beat Berry, you know, when you play Berry at the stadium, like we beat them two 0 Stance and Ed's had a good side, but it was it was an ugly game, and we beat them two 0 And you know, after that game, I was made up. I was made up because it was ugly. We hadn't played well. We got a clean sheet, and we got a couple of goals. And that, I think, you know, when 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 you got a good side, you dig results out when you don't play well. When you play well, if you got a good side, invariably you win. So that's that's the biggest thing I'd say. Just be hard to beat. I was just looking at that 2001-2002 league table, actually, really, just to, to after what you were saying. And even though we finished fourth bottom, you're right, our goals were 29 goals, but we were still yes. the eight, eighth or ninth best defence in the league. You know, we should be, yeah. we're, a, we're a mid-table team defensively. That's... Uh, it's, you know when you're the manager and you know that, I'm, I'm thinking we're all right at the back. Okay. We, in the two, the two previous seasons, we got goals. When we couldn't stick it in, I knew it was going to be really tough. But yeah. fair to the lads, you know, even now they dug it out. Like 20, I thought it was 27, so I'm doing a lot of this. Yeah. 29 goals from, you know, you know you need to be tight at the back. So you've always got to have, a, in my opinion, you've always got to have that platform, you know, that solid base to get things going. You you look at the good sides. I mean, Man City, you've got flares, but they don't concede. Whatever you say, they don't concede. Chelsea, Liverpool, these teams are strong at the back. Mm. Gives them the platform to go and play. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, looking at that, like we conceded one less goal than Newcastle that year and they finished fourth. So, yeah. says something, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who they had up front. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy, I can't remember what he's called. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he won bad. He won bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad he wasn't great on penalties on one special occasion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to get that in. Good night. Oh, dear me, Peter. Absolutely. Uh, really, have a bit of class about you, lad. To, to be fair, really, I was just about to mention the derby game. <laughs> like the first derby game I saw us win was the, the first two one at the. Yeah. At St James's Park, I mean, it was it was biblical, wasn't it? The weather was bad, and you know they took the lead and the the fight back. I mean, the second half we were absolutely amazing, but to go there twice in two years and win two one, I mean, it were two well, two were probably one of the best games we've, we've ever had. Really, just how um, how end to end it was. I mean, it, to beat them twice in two years must have been epic, wasn't it? I think I think do you know what I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, we got we got the results in, them, but I thought they were great football matches. I thought you were really exciting end to it, and like you know when you know when you're on the side and you're concentrating. But 
I can remember vividly them two games flashing by. I thought, wow, it's half time. Wow, it's full time. Mind you, no, when it was full time, you're hanging, well, we weren't hanging on, but 2 1. You just want that have to blow the whistle, don't you? But I just thought they were really good football matches, two good football sides. And some of the stuff that was played on the when the, the rain comes down, I thought the players on both sides were exceptional. Yeah, was was your heart in your mouth when um, when Borley tried to try to oh, take somebody out and uh, hit the bar from forty five yards out? It's the only time I wanted Borley to duck out of a tattle. <laughs> you you and get Kevin Ball to duck out of a chap uh, a tattle, you have got no chance. And that was that was why he was such an influential player in there. And that's the thing, but Peter, you know, you look at that that game and and that incident. I mean, it gets further and further out by the time. You know, by yeah. the time that the story's been told again, he, he was virtually in the Newcastle penalty area. Um, but, <laughs> you, you know, um, the number of times you, you used to watch the players do the crossbar challenge down at the Charlie Early Centre, you know, and yeah. or, you know, and finally, finally, Bowley got one right in that game. <laughs> I, it was like... Uh... It was like time stood still when I'm watching the ball, you know, and I, th- I think there was uh, 50 odd thousand uh, and everybody went quiet. It was just, it was surreal and it, it just clipped the bar and I thought, Jesus, tonight, that'll do me. me. I'll take your mouth stuff, but great, great memories. Yeah, it was just every everybody's laptops, telephones that we used to use in those days, everything just stopped working in, in the press yeah. box. There was no roof on that stand. Everybody was drenched. I remember, uh, do you remember I don't remember Carl Liddle from, from The Sun. He had yeah, a, Carl. Smashing, yeah. yeah. Carl yeah. had a, a very expensive suit on and uh, and I think the sleeves finished up halfway up his arms. You know, by the time it dried out, it was, you know, ridiculous. If it, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was it was dashing down with rain that much. I think Bob Murray ended up in a Sunderland kit in the he director's did. box. You know, am I? Right? I thought of that. Yeah. So <laughs> that tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think Bob took great pleasure in that. It was all oh, terrible. You know, terrible. Look at look at the gear. It, it's ruined. Can anybody get me uh, a coat and, and a shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, some of the things. But great times. Yeah. We've uh, we've been joined by Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan, how are you doing, mate? Um, very well, thanks. Very much enjoying the chat. Uh, yeah. Um, have you got a question for Peter? Is there anything you you would like to ask him about those days? I know when we were chatting during the week, you were saying you're not really up on current day sun and stuff, but I imagine that era under Reedy was probably one of the best times you had as a Sunland fan. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was right at the, my you know, my start as a journalist. So I mean. I've... Uh, I was at a couple of couple of press conferences, but I mean, just talking about that derby in the rain. I was at the the beanback at, um, uh, and you know that was that was just incredible, kind of yeah. You know, and the, the the you know the Phillips chip, uh, yeah. I mean, just well, yeah, what a night that was. What memories they are. Yeah, so those those derby games. I mean, the ones that we always talk about um, are the two at St James's back to back. Um, but I I always enjoyed the um, the game where we were getting beat two 0 and we came back to draw. What what was that like? What was your team talk like at two 0 down, Peter? I think it was it was Sir Bobby and God uh, God bless him. Was, was Sir Bobby in charge in that I game? Think so, I think yeah. he was. Yeah, I think he was. Um, I, listen, I, I just I just loved it. I mean. The crowd got us going, and and we we showed a uh, great resilience. But it, it 
it was um, yeah, they, yeah. Listen, I think we were too down. I don't think we played bad. They had they 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 were a side Newcastle United who, who always had a goal in them. Yeah, for obvious reasons. We've just been on about them, Alan Shearer. For obvious reasons, you, you know, even when Newcastle and United weren't playing well, she Alan Shearer would always likely pop up with a goal because he was he's one of the greatest goal scorers in in history. So you knew that. But to show resilience to fight back, I thought was was tremendous. And again, another brilliant, brilliant football match. You've got to say it was absolutely outstanding. Uh, the quality of the football. But what, what? So we we were talking Alex Ray earlier, and he's um, a player of a certain sort of set of characteristics. I think it's fair to say, yeah. Alex. He said himself he loved getting involved, winding people up, and getting stuck into them. But we, that was a common sort of characteristic of that squad, wasn't it? We had a lot of big characters who yeah. who could turn it on when we need them to, and it, it's sort of something that's been missing over the last few years with Sunderland, where we haven't had enough of those types of characters. Is that something you look for specifically in your squad? Well, I, I think Alex is doing himself a, a bit of a disservice because he was he was feisty, but I'll tell you what, he couldn't have control and pass the ball. You know, he, he you know the little ones around the corner, them little sliders down the sides. He, besides being feisty, and and you know, you, I mean, I, I I was quite feisty on the park, but you know, uh, he could play as well. That's the big thing. But that desire, like like I say before, that desire. Not to get beating games is a big thing for me, you know, because it, when you're playing against players who are as, as good as you, and you get that sometimes, if you've got that edge, that desire, it gets you through. Alex Ray has it, you know, all the top players have it, and that's what you look for. You look for ability, you look for technical ability, without a doubt. But I tell you what, if you, when you get that desire as well, it doesn't half help. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But like you say, I mean, probably just because that's one thing I think I've heard Bawley talk mm. in the past about, um, talk about how, how like, he, he feels he was given a disservice when he was a hard man. Mm. I think there were a lot of good footballers in that team, wasn't there? Like, the, the, the likes of Summerby and, and Johnson, yeah. who were yeah. so good at delivering key crucial passes to the, to the forwards. Well, we we had a nice balance. I mean, uh, Buzzer just got a, I mean, clever out his feet half a yard, and and, and Quinn and Phillips had know who's coming in. Alan Johnson was a clever footballer. He used to come on that right foot. Used to, you know, he could jink. He wasn't the quickest, but he was really intelligent. And then when he did that, I had Mickey Gray coming on the overlap. You know, he went narrow. So it was a good balance to the side. And you know, I think if you look at the modern game. Now, fullbacks are massive in in attacking sense. I think if you look at us back then, we had that with our fullbacks. Mekin used to get forward with some, and Mickey Gray used to get in there. So we had a, a nice balance to the team, which doesn't half help. Yeah, um, I see that we have uh, one of your former players joining us now, Matt Piper. Hey, Matt. How you doing? How you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. Good to join. I'm listening to the Gaffer's stories and I'm thinking, oh, brilliant. Uh, how are you, Matt? You okay? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, That's, thanks, Gaffer. I, I didn't when, think... you, when, when you talk about lads who get injured and you don't have much time, I think I think uh, Matt comes into that category as well. Um, I always remember when he played against us at Leicester, I thought, wow, who's this? You know, And I managed to get him. And unfortunately for 
for uh, Matt. He he sustained a, a bad injury as well. Matt, uh, what are you? What are your sort of memories of when you first arrived at Met Reedy? Uh, only good things, really. Honestly, I mean, obviously, as the gaffer just said, you know, getting injured so soon into my time at Sunderland. I think I was there. I mean, thirteen games in, I started. Yeah. Did start really well, and you know, I only had a short career, but I always say the gaffer's probably my favourite. My favourite one. I'm not just saying that because I'm on here now and he's on. It's I had 14 managers in my short career. Um, and some really good ones. <laughs> you didn't get 13 of them with the sack, did you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I probably did go far. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> I, mean, I had some good ones. Mick McCarthy's one of my favourites as well. But Terrific. Terrific. The gaffer, honestly, he was so... He brought me to the club, number one. Great club. Um, I played for two really special clubs in my time uh, at Leicester. And, and Sunderland but yeah out of out of all the managers I think what I what I always fondly remember is how he was with me as a one-on-one he talks about all the characters there that he had in the dressing room I was quite quiet yeah back, back at that point but he really you know really gave me belief when I first got there I remember he said to me he won't remember this but he said to me when the sort of press came on and we just got beat by the uh, Newcastle Shearer and Bellamy scored. Yeah, that's I had, close. Yeah. yeah, we but we did play all right in that game. Yeah, as you yeah. said, you know when you're up against the likes of Newcastle at that point with Shearer, Bellamy, Gary Speed, God bless him, um, Nobby Solano, they had such a brilliant team. Um, but we played, we did play quite well when we lost. But the gaffer brought me in the office afterwards, and he and the pressure was ramped up on him. Of course it was, but he said, "Listen, your your performances are keeping me in the job at the minute." Um, and then I went, I went, I got in the 21s, I went away with them, and then I got injured. Yeah, yeah. And while I was away, uh, I think we can all look back now and realize the club made a disastrous decision in sacking the gaffer and bringing in uh, Howard. I know the gaffer probably won't say that, but it, well, it well, was... uh, to be fair, but when uh, Bob Murray sat me, I recommended Mick McCarthy, and but he went for Howard Wilkinson, so. He didn't take any notice. That went well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, I'm not knocking out Wilkinson because he's been a great coach and he won the league championship with uh, the, the. I think it was the last one before the Premiership, if I'm not mistaken. It was, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I remember we beat him at uh, Main Road, but he, he, they had a good striking speedo, McAllister, Batty, good team. Brian Dean. Yeah. Yeah, good team it was, to be fair. Yeah. I think I think the thing with the thing with Howard was you know I mean I liked Howard as a as a person <clears throat> and I'd worked with him in the mid 90s when when he was at Leeds and I worked for the newspaper in Leeds I used to cover Bradford but I did a couple of Leeds games too um in actual fact um I did the two games I don't know if you remember well you will remember them but uh, when Alex Ferguson was playing mind games with Kevin Keegan um yeah, so yeah. Leeds were at Man United and that was when Alex Ferguson planted the, the seed about players trying. And then the next game when Newcastle were at Leeds and Kevin Keegan had his run in the tunnel. Well, I did those two games. Um, and so I remembered Howard from that. But I think Howard was such a culture shock from what had gone before with 
with you, Peter. Um, mm. And the players didn't take to him. The results didn't come. And his personality uh, didn't, uh, you know, didn't get anywhere with the, with the Sunderland fans. So, you know, he was a, a great coach. And as you say, he was the last English manager to to win the uh, um, top flight title. I, I, yeah. It just didn't work out for him here. You know, it was a disaster. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember playing against Notts County when I was a babby at, at uh, Bolton Wanderers. And he, he, they were really well. Jimmy Cyril was a manager, but they were really well coached. And it was a young Howard Wilkinson who was the coach there. So, you know, they played some good stuff, passing out from the back. And, um, uh, you know, I always remember him on the side vividly when I was a kid. So, yeah, he, he did. Hey, listen, sometimes it doesn't work out for the clubs. Yeah. No, we've definitely seen that, haven't we? That uh, yeah. manager who, who can be very successful elsewhere. Um, can't don't always necessarily fit with Sunderland or the, or maybe where the squad yeah. is at at this time. Um, Peter, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about. Um, obviously, you've been working with Ipswich, um, and I guess did, did you move on when uh, when when? Cookie. Yeah, moved? yeah. Moved. I mean, I, he got me in as a consultant, and when he he, go, he goes, I'm I'm one of them. Old yeah, school, school people who, you know, I mean, it's a smashing football club. And yeah, um, did he get enough time? No, did he get a lot of young players, uh, new players in? It needed to bed in. Did he have time? Not in my opinion, but the the uh, people that be there uh, made the decision. So that's it. But it, it is a very, very good football club. You know, when you when you go down there and you see the Sir Bobby Robson stand, the Alf Ramsey stand, and you see, I mean, I played against some of the, you know, the. The Muras, the Tysons, the Butchers, the Osmonds, the Walks, the Mariners. Wow, what a what a history that club's got! Absolutely, it does, doesn't it? And 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 obviously they're down in League One with us. We got Sheffield yeah. Wednesday down there. We got you know some. Oh, it's a good league. I mean, big names. Wigan, Wigan play Ipswich, and Wigan have got some good players in there as well. And uh, while we're talking about that, I'd like to. Uh, Send all my best wishes to Charlie White. Um, obviously, yeah. we all know what happened on the, on the training pitch, and that's brilliant news that he's uh, he's um, well <clears throat> made a full recovery. But that must have been so traumatic for everyone at Wigan Athletic. Fantastic that Charlie's up and about. Yeah. Brilliant, it is, and and it and um, it, it sounds like they'd had um, CPR training as well on the back yes. of some of the other things that have happened, like Christian Eriksen, Fabrice Mwamba. You know, mm. so it 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 it's it's something that obviously we lost uh, Mark Friedman Foy um, on the pitch, and 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 it's something that obviously is is a risk for young men. So it, yeah, I mean, all the best to Charlie, and, and thanks for bringing that up, Peter. Cause, nah, you know, no, no problem. It, it, it's the players who make the game in the end, isn't it? and uh, Charlie did a did a hell of a job for us. So uh, yeah, that's great. But so what? What are you? What when you were there as a consultant? What did you make of League One as a, just as a standard? Because for me, it's gone up in 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 the in terms of like the quality of play and just the way the game is played there. I think there's different styles. I think yeah, I, I've got to say I thought Rotherham were powerful. Everybody yeah. do the job, plenty of energy, and and I, I think they'll go close to going up. Uh, um, really good. Wickham down at Wickham are a hard team to play against, and then you've got the other I mean, I was at the the Sunderland game, and I thought uh, 
Ipswich had good chances, couldn't stick back, but on about it, stick him away, and then uh, obviously the corner and dug good results out, clean sheet and dug good results out, which I was going on about before as well. But when you look at some of the teams, the Charlton's, the Sheffield Wednesdays, the Sunderland Football Club, Ipswich in in that league, and I mentioned Rotherham who've been up and down. You know, it's 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 a great league, Wigan Athletic. It's a great league, and. It's not hard to get out of these leagues, and and sometimes, um, you know, uh, I know I know um, some of fans get a bit anxious in games when they think they should be winning, and I understand the frustrations. But you know, every little bit helps if you get behind your team. That could be the little difference between a victory or a draw, a draw and a defeat, because it is a a tough league. I mean, I think Sunderland should be in the Premier League, but. You've got to get out of this league and earn the right, and every bit, little bit of support helps. You just so. mentioned the the crowd there, Peter. Sorry to jump in. Um, first of all, thank you for so many incredible memories. I mean, personally and for everyone else. But the the atmosphere when you were manager at the club was something that I don't think's ever really been replicated since. Was this was there just a, an X factor there in? in the way everything come together or was that something that is like an, an untapped kind of potential within the fan base at the moment? No, I, I went on about that game. I played in an Easter at Old Roker Park. So even back then, and, and I'm, people are talking to about playing games in big games at Sunderland when Roker was, you know, I played there when it was 50-odd thousand on an Easter. I thought, oh, Christ almighty, where am I here? It was amazing. So it, it's it's always had that. It's always had that staunch, passionate support, which is, you know, why it's, it's listen, why it's such a brilliant football club. You know, we get, I mean, you'll have different owners in, in, in football clubs and we're going on it. But, the supporters are the ones who keep it going and are with them all the time. Owners will come and go. Supporters are always there. And Sunderland have always had... I mean, if you look back in the 50s and you look back in, in the history books, you know, early 1900s when they were... It, 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 it's, it's a fantastic history. So, it's, it's is it inbred in them? Yeah, I think it is. Passionate. And when I was there, there and we played teams there, the stadium light, the fans were a massive, massive influence on us, without a doubt. Massive influence. That's it. When we got beat first game of the season and uh, we got battered by uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea. I, I think Gus Poy got the old scissor kick. I think Zola chip went over the top. I, mean, I went quite open in that game, but to get the corresponding game in December, wow, the crowd, the crowd were up for that. And, and, for the first twenty minutes, as we say, we were on on fire. The crowd, the crowd got us going without a doubt. I mean, the players were brilliant, but the crowd were right into the faces and the noise that that. I can remember De- Desai, what a great player he was. I can remember him looking around as though, what's going on here? You know, it was it was it, the, the the noise from the support was was unbelievable. Rich, do you want to jump in there? Uh, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll keep for as long as we can, uh, Peter. And, and thanks, James, as well. Oh, you hope I'm starving. Have a Well, uh, it, I mean, feel free to, 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 to leave when you like. Um, Matt's still uh, here, he's on the phone. To... <laughs> Matt's, 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 Matt's still here, he's, he's on the phone to Peter Taylor telling him he didn't mean it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I'm just loving all the stories, really. Uh, listen, I've got to go as well. But listen, let me tell you this. Oh, um, it was an honour to play for Sunderland Football Club. I know I didn't play many games, but to pull that shirt on, to play for that club and to play play for a manager like the gaffer was... You were, hey, Matt, it, Matt we all know how unlucky you were, pal. Don't worry about that. Top man, Gaffer. Hey, great what you're all doing. Keep it going. I'm just going to nip off now and go and um, donate as well. All Take the best. Care, Cheers, man. Cheers, Cheers, man. Cheers, Take care. Cheers. Bye. Lovely to hear. Ah, uh, top man. Yeah, very unfortunate, young man. Very unfortunate. It was, it was such a talent as well. I mean, I'm ah, so excited. Yeah. So excited. And like you said, he was away with the under-21s, wasn't he? And... and uh, just kept picking up those injuries, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if uh, Bomber or James or, or um, Tom wants to come back and ask you one, maybe one final question, Peter. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, mine's mine's not overly interesting, Peter, but obviously you've had quite a colourful history, sort of after you you left Sunderland, you you've coached all over the world, you you've had various roles. Would you rank Sunderland as the best time you've had in your career, or is there a moment in your career where it's just completely overshadowed everything you've achieved in in your well a, a fairly long and successful career? I think I think first and foremost, playing's the best. Playing, you know, to, I'd give anything to be like forty years younger and you know get my boots on and get out in the park. Uh, but you know, when you go into management. Um, it's it's second best, but the thrills you get, the ups and downs, you know, disappointments and the 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 joy of success. It's 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 you can't describe it. It's fantastic, and and um, you know, I'm just lucky. I, mean, I was born in Liverpool, grew up in Eton, You know, as a as a decent football career, but you know, when you're a young boy and you dream of winning things, I I, I won the FA Cup. Wow. If you just said that to me when I was like ten, I'd have gone your crackers. So, and the F- I know some people, and that has been devalued to an extent. But that was the first major trophy I won, and that is still like I still giggle about it being a young boy having that dream and fulfilling that dream. So, you know, everything I, I've been dead lucky. I mean, I had a few injuries, got over them. But to be able to play football at the highest level, a manager at the highest level, for a young schoolboy for my that'll do for me. And you were on, you were on the pitch as well uh, to see one of the greatest goals of all time. Uh, I knew that had come up. That's why I was trying to get it off. <laughs> couldn't get it. Couldn't, couldn't <laughs> I, get it. I was trying to get it off. <laughs> he, <clears throat> he won bad, to be fair. I mean... Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to play against some great players and uh, God rest his soul, uh, Diego Maradona was one of them and uh, I, I, I was dead lucky, you know, I played against uh, the likes of Bobby Moore, Alan Mulvey, Alan Ball, Billy Bremner, at the end of the careers, but you know, for a young player to play against that, George Best when he was at Fulham, I mean, I, I was, I, I look back and I think, Christ, you played against them, and and that was a good era. I mean, they were a little bit older. I played in the same side as Frank Wavington, Matt Bolton, Peter Thompson, Tony Dunn, Willie Morgan. You know, and then you know won a couple of championships with Everton. Wow, I get goose pimples thinking about it. Yeah, 
it's it's amazing and that you know young players learn from from older players and it and it yeah. passes on down the generations doesn't it i mean uh, uh, you talked about paul bracewell earlier i know he he was big influence Stop on drunk. a lot of the yeah. players in, you know you played with him and then he was in your your team and and he's passed on things that have um cascaded on down the the generations so you know that's the thing with football isn't it it it, it never stops um, even with pandemics and whatever, it never stops, and uh, we keep going. A bit like this Twitter space, really. Long may it continue. And by the way, I've got to say, you, you've done fantastic. Any help uh, I could give you, give us a shout. Good to speak good to, to James speak your as feet. well. Yeah, top man. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm going to shoot because uh, the beams <laughs> on toast is getting ready. That sounds good. <laughs> so uh, HB source on. So have a good Lovely. day nice. and keep it going. Keep donating. Yeah. Well All the best. Yeah, thank you. Ta-ra, lads. Cheers, Reedy. Cheers. What a guy. What a guy. What a legend. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.